Welcome, everybody, to episode double one, double dose. Oh, du- yeah. Double, oh, no. Why did I say double dose? We're half of that. That's not even oh a number. Oh, my gosh. You are so not a Spanish speaker. <laughs> oh, no, I'm just you, kidding. You couldn't tell. <laughs> I, I speak English. Unfortunately, just English. Um, Another good week of matches. I feel like this week was oh, yeah. the actual inverse of last week's like boring na side this week i feel like it was boring apex side and na was the one that came out with all the map fives this week yeah and they had some good stuff going on there that's for sure we had some good quality matches throughout some games that we expected to potentially go to map five and some games that shouldn't have gone to map five mm-hmm. but it uh you know good games good, good stuff out. to talk about before we get to games, uh, we both we both have a beta access. We both have played our our fair share of of beta. So I want to just do get some get some get some thoughts from you, and then I will also add thoughts on uh, how the how how this beta has been. It's been really weird for me, just because historically I've always played a lot of tank because I don't have patience for Q time and and when i first started playing i was playing with a bunch of buddies and they needed another tank player Mm -hmm. and so i've always played mostly tank and then occasionally you know filled the other roles um but with this beta the the main reason i started playing tank is now the exact reason why i'm not playing tank at all and so it's it's really weird for me to play everything except the role that i normally play because i don't want to wait 15 minutes for a match uh that being said it's like i'm having fun kind of like relearning the game because i'm not used to these other roles mm-hmm. um but it, it's i i'm enjoying it but it, the queue times for tanks are kind of yeah i hard to deal with the queue times aside though how how has this beta felt oh the gameplay itself is awesome it's beautiful it's a fun game i love it uh, I think Junker Queen is pretty cool. She deals a little more damage than I would like. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think she's got a lot of really cool things in her kit, and she's fun to play. Like, landing her uh, her, her knife is, like, the most satisfying thing to hit. I, it's, like, it's like Junker Queen's knife and Orisa's javelin. <laughs> We've never had abilities like that before. Yeah. And it's just so cool to have them. I have played a grand total of one junker queen game which is the one that's currently on screen right now i i was happy with her it i felt like i was able to get more value than i thought i would have the thing that i found was like the one time i faced like a a a blading genji she felt like pretty good at handling at handling genjis like her Mm -hmm. her bleed effect is kind of kind of kind of nasty like if you you really just walk up and melee somebody and they're bleeding and then you just walk up and melee them again, and then you want to like you literally just headshot knife, and they just die through bleed. But most of the time, I've been spent playing the beta playing Ana. I don't know what it is mm-hmm. about Overwatch Two. Maybe it's just because it's five v five, so there's one less tank, and maybe it's like the sound adjustments from that were there in the first one as well. But Ana just feels fun. I've always loved playing Ana, but for some reason, it's just in the beta. I love playing her even more and then obviously the comp rule set in in quick play i feel like is done 
Oh, I love that. And helping the beta be a lot more enjoyable. Well, the nice thing is even if you do buckle down and you're like, okay, I'm going to wait, you know, six minutes for DPS you or get a full, 15 you get a minutes for, for tank, you get a full game. And so, you know, even if you wait a while, the game usually lasts longer than any wait time that you have. Yeah, it, which is I, I think good. that's probably the, the biggest improvement that i've enjoyed between the two betas is the competitive rule set because most of the things are the same i mean the the scoreboard is slightly different but i mean i mean that's not a big massive change so overall it's just yeah. i think that competitive rule set being introduced made me yeah and i it. think also the the dps change the the dps passive oh yeah the ultimate change. keeping 30 percent of your ultimate i yeah, haven't played i like that more because i've only really played support i'm like i can't attest to a whole lot of the tank you know to junker queen and then the dps changes so mm-hmm. it just it feels supports even though supports haven't been changed through the games i have played on support it just the supports feel better with their passive i have noticed that moira maybe it's because we just suck and we're just like gold players but moira feels a little odd like she Maybe it's because of the mixture of the passive support healing on top of her already natural healing through damaging enemies. But like when a Moira is calling, I feel like it's just you just can't kill her without just yeah, stunning her out of it. She's uh, she's pretty hard to kill in this beta, especially compared to like any other support. Yeah. Um, and and I think it's okay to give support survivability, but like when the support already had, because I know they they already tuned back the passive. Yeah. the passive on lucio because he already had that healing so maybe they should look at that but outside of that the community seems to be very split on the approach that blizzard has taken towards this beta because you have like i feel like you have three camps of people you have the camp of people that just is happy with what is here they've signed up for the beta they get it they don't it's kind of whatever and they are just happy with what's going on. They don't really have too strong opinions on it. But then you have like the two extremes where you have the one side who is like, I just want to play the beta and has bought the watch point pack like we have. Because, but for us, when we buy it, at least when you and I were talking about it, and the reason we got it was not so much to have immediate beta access, but because we were optimistic about the future battle passes. Because the watch point pack gives you the first battle pass. But then it also gives you enough currency to buy battle passes two and three once they come out. So it's like you're getting for you're for forty dollars. You're getting yeah, you're getting instant beta access, but you're essentially getting three battle passes. So, yeah. so I feel like well, you you get the value out of it. Yeah, and and I think one of the biggest things for me is it's like like I've talked to people. Like there's this mobile game that that me and a bunch of my coworkers mm-hmm. play a whole bunch of. Yeah. And pretty much all of them have put at least a little bit of money in it. And and one of the <laughs> reasons why when asking them is they feel like it's it's their way of supporting the game's life. It's like, okay, we put this money in and it's kind of it's it's helping fund the future of the game. It's keeping yeah. the game alive. And and the way I see it, it it's like if you look at the amount of time I've put into Overwatch, and like a lot of these people that are complaining about the Watchpoint Pass existing, if you look at the amount of time people have put into it compared to like the amount of money they've put into Overwatch, it's like it's ridiculous. Like, like mm-hmm. I've gotten so much time out of the initial 
thirteen dollars that I put into the humble bundle to get it. it yeah. It's like so to pay another forty dollars to support the life of that game, which total to for me you it, comes out less than what Overwatch's original retail price was. Yeah, so it's like for me, it, it was like a no brainer. You know, I even I I told my wife when Overwatch, well, really, so. Overwatch 2 was announced so long ago. I think I was just I either had just met my wife or we hadn't met yet. But she's known our entire relationship that as soon as Overwatch 2 comes out, I was I was going to buy it, love you know. That's an important so, an important like marital piece. You're like just so you know. Oh yeah. Yeah, no. I've been married and I'm not like I, I'm not like a newlywed That's at this so point. Funny. Like, like we're we're in the deep, and you know, and uh, That's so funny. But no, yeah. I'm... But but the the thing is, like, I've always known, like, hey, as soon as Overwatch Two is available, as soon as I could put money mm-hmm. into it. I was going to put money into it. If you don't want to, I I mean, that's up to you. But I don't think it's worth complaining about yeah, its for, existence because people like me who want to support the game want to yeah, put some and, money into And that's it. where I think, because then you have, as you were talking about, the people on the other side of the fence that are like adamantly against the Watchpoint pack and, and how Blizzard are advertising the beta. Like, yes, to be fair, I don't think Blizzard is doing, did the greatest like communication in terms of how the second beta works in terms of making it clear that's like you can buy the because it seemed like a lot of people made it seem like the beta is locked behind a paywall when blizzard specifically said like if you don't buy the pass you're guaranteed to at least have like four days of beta access you'll get it on what is it the 14th of july so, yeah i think so it's like by the yeah you only get four days of beta but i feel like that's like you still get four days of beta and they make it seem like all of us that bought the Watchpoint pack bought it because we wanted the beta instead of what it really was for most of us was we're hopeful that these battle passes are going to be useful and we might as well buy the first couple just to see how it is and then decide if we want to buy them again. Because, I mean, in you know five, six months from now, when the second battle pass comes out, none of us are going to be thinking back to the $40 we spent in June to get the battle passes. Like That's going to be an afterthought at that point. You know, we're yeah. not gonna think like, oh, I shouldn't have spent that forty dollars six months ago. Like, so it's I, I feel like the the people that do not that are adamantly against what Blizzard has done with the beta are kind of, I think they're a little too negative about it. And like all you know, the people, well, and and I've heard some people compare it to like uh, Immortal mm-hmm. to Diablo, Diablo Immortal, which is ridiculous because like this is a one time payment for a bunch of stuff. And it's just, you know what you're getting, and it seems pretty cool. And it's not, they aren't like predatory with it. Well, they aren't yeah, like shoving like it down your it's throat. It's like you're, you're not going to be be any worse off when Overwatch 2 comes out yeah. in terms of gameplay if you haven't bought in the Watchpoint pack. Yeah. You just cosmetic-wise, yeah, you may not have as much, but you'll still be able to play the game just as fine. So I don't think yeah. it, it, I don't think it deserves the hate that people are giving yeah. it. I think it's kind of, it needs to be taken with, you know, the correct perspective of we've bought the pack is there the the draw of the pack isn't the beta for most people it's the basically three battle passes that you'll get and then the beta on top of that so you know yeah i feel like i've gotten definitely my beta accesses worth out of the watchpoint pack and we still have another mm-hmm. week to go plus week plus of the beta to go so 
enough about that though. Let's get into some matches. Yeah. Let's let's talk about the the league. Let's 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 start with with your your favorite team, the uh, the London. Oh, uh, finally, time to talk about the Titans. They, Wait, this, I'm just kidding. <laughs> the, the London Spitfire five and zero. Oh, they they're oh they yeah have reached the five and zero oh bit. Okay, let's talk about Spitfire right now. <laughs> Do you know what I'm going to talk about? This is the thing. So okay, to start out, I guess. Let's bring out Washington Justice um, Spitfire. Yes, that sucked. Yes, it should have been a 3-0. No, it wasn't. It was a game five. But that being said, the entire day was was game fives that shouldn't have been game well, fives. Not, well, this, but yeah, and but what was interesting is that really only one map, only one map, Justice were in it. Like it's a five map series, but only one map yeah. of the five did Justice actually like look close because. The first two were stomps. Like London were just yeah. running rush because it was just that they were just maps that were good for rush. But then Route sixty six, they just Spitfire couldn't really get a lot of footing with the Winston dive against Justice mm-hmm. and them them playing the the Calio Sigma. But then Justice couldn't do anything against Spitfire, and it should have been a fuller hold. Like it was yeah. a fuller hold, and they were winning the fight. And then they just. And then just kind of stepped away yeah. from the point. So like Justice squeaked out map three, but then New Queen Street. And they look pretty New good. New Queen Street, yeah. they actually I think they actually won New Queen Street because Decay started heating up. And that's like always but the then, scary bit of justice is like, oh, Decay's heating up. But then they did the typical But then map five, <laughs> they tried to go for the mirror matchup and just got tank diffed. Well uh, and they which... well and they subbed out Decay. <laughs> yeah. I, I think that's just the justice way of doing things. As soon as someone's starting to look good, they pull them out. Because right, they like, did it, they did it against the Outlaws in week one of the midseason madness, where it was like Happy was doing good, and they subbed him out for map five. So justice, mm-hmm. it shouldn't, it should have been a three zero, like it should have been over on Route sixty six. But then justice essentially guaranteed a loss by mirroring Rush into the London Spitfire on Lijong, and like. Mm-hmm. I think it was pre, like, the GM was, like, rationalizing it on it. I think it was a stream afterwards where he was, like, they viewed Rush as the best comp on Li Zhang, where it's, like, yes, objectively, yeah, but, Rush is the best, but are you going to be able to London's win the gonna mirror? Run exactly. Rush. Are you going to yeah, win the mirror? Yeah. It's, like, it takes me back to, like, 2019 with Goats, where it was, like, if you're, it, it like, the, you remember the Houston Outlaws-Vancouver Titans game that, like, afterwards when flame went on this huge rant on a vast stream it was like the question of just because goats is objectively the best comp if you're not good at goats and then you're also playing literally like the the best goats team in the world you you're better off trying to play some cheese comps it's that's why how chung do got well and and that's how if you look at london in the last tournament cycle like they were running rush on uh, on on maps that rush was not the meta rush wasn't the the comp yeah. to to play and and they were making it look good and and even when they lost they were at least being competitive and i feel like teams need to take a lesson on that like if you're good at a comp like sometimes it's better to play that comp in suboptimal situations then rather just than lose the meta the bad yeah. yeah so i um it helps them. I, I definitely think Spitfire is benefiting a little bit from the Chengdu effect, though, and the fact that like nobody is scrimming Rush. 
Yeah. It's like, but Rush, they've helped Rush come into as like a niche meta because teams like the Glads do pull it out on maps where it, it's useful. And then you look at APAC and they're not running any Reinhardt like at all. So I think London are benefiting from that. And the question is how far can they actually get with this Rhine comp? Because I mean, yeah, they're 5-0, and but I mean, they've had a pretty cushy schedule. That being said, okay, and and this is this is where I get uh, pull out the tinfoil oh, cap the, a little bit. Right. I'm just kidding. No, okay. it's nothing crazy, nothing too crazy. Okay, but I will say London is in the top three most consistent teams in the league. Correct, I will agree with that because yeah. when you look at because if you look at outlaws, like yeah. I, I feel like most of the time, if these teams play against each other, Houston will win. But you know, yeah. and Houston has won. But Houston also has lost against uh, Week One Defiant. That's it. Yeah, Week One Defiant. Well, that's like the only weird yeah, loss. It. So it's like, but I. But they also lost two maps against Paris, which is pretty bad. Well, you have to remember this London and... team also went to five against Titan. I mean, uh, didn't they? Yeah. Uh, well, they played close games early on in the season, but it's like, like teams like London and even like the Outlaws, even though the Outlaws play teams close, are like the definition of gatekeeper teams. They do not lose to teams below them, and it's like when we get to our power rankings later, it's like pretty evident. Like London is basically above everybody they've beaten and below everybody they haven't beaten. Because yeah, the only teams London haven't beaten in this season are Outlaws, Glads, Shock, Fuel. Although the crazy thing is right now, I mean, they've played one more match, but they are above the they outlaws. They are above the, the outlaws, standings, correct. Which is kind of cool. And, and that's the thing. Is, like, who imagined they'd be top four? Like, like, this is crazy. Nobody. Like, for them at any point in the season to be top four, um, it, it's kind of wild. And it's really good to see. Um, it, 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 I'm, I'm happy that this London team is doing well. I'm just like, how... Once the schedule resets and then they have to play Glads, Shock, Outlaws again, unless the other half of Midseason Madness, can they keep this up? Because, I mean, Junker Queen's going to come in for Summer Showdown, and who knows what's going to happen. And Yeah, but, but for now. But a couple things with that. I feel like Junker Queen in play style is similar in a lot of ways to Ryan and, and the fact that she's, you know, a high. Um, she, she's high pressure of like she's just really aggressive. Well, is the, way uh, the thing is though, I because the way that Hottie plays Reinhardt, I don't think Junker Queen will work that way because Hottie gets away with basically bumper plays with flank shatters. That being said, I Narnia. think, but like with Junker Queen, you don't have like insta kill abilities like that. Like you're not gonna flank with Junker Queen because she plays more like a Doomfist just without the like abilities to engage and disengage but you just run over the she's like zarya just minus the bubble that being said i think i think ryan could could match up against she her could. Yeah, ryan could definitely could and, and so shield. i think london will be fine with her being meta i think scarier um for hottie is uh how good Arisa's looking right now a lot of people are playing Arisa. yeah and, and i think like i heard you know so originally when the alpha was first being played by the pros i think they said that it started with a ryan meta and then it kind of shifted to orisa because orisa was kind of the ryan killer for a while mm. um and then it moved on from there yeah. uh but i i think 
I wouldn't be surprised if Arisa gets played a bunch into um into the hottie Ryan and that could be Yeah, kind it's of just kind of the question of how how, how far London can go with this they, but I mean they're in the mid season. But madness. let's say they but let's say right now like in the second half of the season they lose against you know all the four teams ahead of them or whatever. They're still like, in a good they spot. lose to the Outlaws, the Fuel, the Glads, the Shock. And they win everything else, like they yeah, did this. Yeah, I mean sport. that's that's a, a then what a sixteen and that's great. That's they make it to the sixteen and eight record, and then you know they they could like that's enough to make playoffs. Oh, for sure. And, and and that's the big thing, and that's the only thing that matters because once you hit playoffs, like that's that's when the game starts. You know, um, yeah. Regular seasons fun and stuff, but when it comes down to it, if you make the the playoffs, that's what counts. And and you can always go for a Cinderella run, you know, and, and it could happen. True, I'm. They're just in a good spot. This win over Justice though is what guaranteed them, like seeding in the midseason tournament, and also just puts. I mean, five and zero with only one game left. I mean, they have a decent shot at going six and zero this stage, which is crazy. When and at this point, is the cutoff line set? For... Yes, and we'll talk about that yeah, in a little bit, but. Spitfire, are, are, your team is is looking good. The Brits, they the eat well. The one Brit, what? Who's the only Brit on that team? Isn't it Shax? It's a uh, Sparker, I think, isn't he? I don't remember. Just the EU, the EU brethren, because the Paris Eternal are terrible. So Spitfire is carrying the EU torch. But enough about your I'm team. Up now. I'm curious. Oh, you're looking up nationalities. Hold, pause, pause, time out, time out. Where is it? Right, right here. Oh no, I was wrong. It's not Sparker. It's Backbone. Oh, it's Backbone. Bone back. It's Bone back. Bone back. Bone back. The Bone back's in. But enough about the Spitfire. Let's talk about my Outlaws. Yeah. Oh boy. This Outlaws rain game was something else, wasn't it? It was definitely a, a game. Of all the games this week, this was uh, one of them. This was definitely probably the best game that we had this week in terms of like two good teams going at it. Because Crazy. like a lot of the other map fives, like Defiant Eternal, you're like, oh yeah, yeah map five. Like Uprising Mayhem, you're like, okay, that shouldn't have gone to five, yay. But like this is one that was like you came in and you're like, this could go to five, and it would be a good five, and it really was, because they just traded maps, like the the rain roll control, the outlaws then roll King's Row, then the rain roll Route sixty six, the outlaws full cap on New Queen Street, and then Ilios is. We'll talk about Ilios later. The it was interesting though because like the the outlaws were preferring basically the entire match. They're preferring the Pelican Genji over Tracer with the Doomfist, which a lot of teams have, including the Rain, are running Sojourn Tracer with Doom instead mm -hmm. of Genji. And I felt like Pelican sometimes just wasn't able to get value off of the Genji. Kind of just depended on what map it was and the, the circumstances on that. And I yeah. personally would have liked to see him on Tracer a little bit more, at least on the, the maps, you know, like map map one and, and three. I would have liked to see him on Tracer when the Genji stopped getting value. But, I mean, the Outlaws also were running, like, BAP with a Doomfist, which is a little odd because it's, like, a little hard to heal Doomfist with a BAP. And just, like, Zen Ana is just so good. Like, BAP is good when you're running the Sigma comps, but when you're running... Doomfist. I feel like you should just run on a Zen double flex. But I mean, the Outlaws were able to hold their own. But again, 
I feel like the rain fell into the justice trap of subbing out their best player. Yeah, because it's uh... they went to they went to Queens New Queen Street and they sub out Kai for Nero, and they sub in Nero because the rain want to play the somber comp that the Titans beat them with, which is so funny yeah. that the Titans caused the rain to change their to change their comp to try and counter Doom. And so, like, they step out Nero, and the Sombra stops working. But if, like, if your Sombra's not working, you're going to put Nero on Sojourn? Uh, Merit versus no. Nero on Sojourn <laughs> is not a very fair matchup. And I feel it's like that good. was kind of where they got rolled a little bit. Because even on Ilios, Nero went over to the Echo, yeah. which is fine. Because Ilios is good, but I feel like Rain kind of boomed themselves with in terms of the comps that they could play on New Queen Street, because they just decided... Sombra is the meta. Full send on the Sombra, which is terrible. Always which if they idea. had listened to our uh, if they had listened to our podcast our weekly our weekly Sombra, <laughs> you know, segment of don't play. I feel Sombra. like every week there's at least one team that's like, we're gonna make Sombra work, and they never do. Like they don't make it work. It's terrible, they lose, and outside of APAC. Outside of APAC, but good. APAC has literally the best Sombras in the world. NA does yeah. not. It's got the best sombers in the world, and ball gets played. Correct, ball gets played. So I just rain did kind of throw going into maps four and five, but I mean they kept it close. And if we're being honest, the Outlaws had no business winning that match. Yeah, but it's good that they did. It was good that I'm, they I'm did, okay and that. they they were they looked good on Kings Row with the the Sigma comps, and even Route sixty six wasn't a stomp. So it made me a little. It made me feel a little better that they're playing up to their strengths. And now it's just the question of can they translate this into midseason madness like performance? Because the outlaws, sh the outlaws should finish third in the standings, depending on what London fuel, how London fuel goes. But the outlaws sh should be able to take third beneath shock and glads. So they'll get, you know, they won't have to pick last, which means they'll. Have to they'll probably end up playing London or Rain in that one. Well, I guess it depends on who's fourth. So yeah, I think the Outlaws being able to take that third that third place spot if they're able to would be really big for them because if you end up in fourth, then odds are you're having to play Rain. Which, if we're being honest, like if Rain and Outlaws played ten times, Rain probably win like six or seven out of ten. Yeah. So yeah, I can see that. But I'm just happy they won. They had no business winning that match, but they kept it close, which is what we thought they would. And them being able to edge it out in map five actually looks really good for the Outlaws because in every previous season, like it's like, oh, if the game goes to map five, Outlaws are, are, are over. But it's like the Outlaws have played, I think I was looking through, they've played like five map fives this season, and the only one they lost was against Defiant in week one. Yeah, that being said, though, um, a couple of weeks ago, we were talking and you said, this is the Outlaws meta. This is their time to shine. Mm -hmm. This is all of their characters are, are in and good and all of their players can play these characters and um, and, and they aren't looking dominant. And, and that's the thing is, well, so if, if this is if this is the meta that Outlaws should shine in. I don't think they're well. To be win fair, the they are. They work. are aren't taking advantage of it. Like for like, they're playing Pelican Genji, and then they sometimes are they. The Outlaws are overthinking themselves a lot of the time in terms of how they play. Like when they played Glads, like when they played in the Glads match on like Eigenwald, they just got bogged on second. They couldn't do. They couldn't, or maybe it was against the. 
the shock i don't remember but like there was there was an involved game where they played they just couldn't move and they were just running weird comps like if the outlaws just played on a zen tracer sojourn and then either doom or sigma they should be fine and then as long as they just don't get picked because a lot of the times they they just don't they just mess up but i mean they've only lost the only the only matches they've lost this stage are to shock and glads yeah so i mean they're losing to shock and glads still so like well but who isn't losing to shock and glads yeah yeah which which is a good point but i'm just saying like those are a good team but i like i'm never gonna pred them over shocker glads because shock and glads even though the outlaws have really good quality of players shock and glads have better quality of players so even in an ideal meta for the outlaws that's also an ideal meta for shock glads like there isn't a meta that exists where the outlaws have the the better hand so the outlaws being able to be the third or fourth best team in na is right now the best that they're gonna do unless shock or glads kind of choke which they haven't shown that they do against other close opponents yeah shot choked in in regular season in regular season we'll have to see how hawaii goes but i think how the outlaws are playing now it's like they could do a little better but the fact that they even are where they are not playing i think to their highest ceiling gives me some hope that they'll at least be able to hopefully go deeper in the midseason madness than they did in the kickoff clash and it'll be interesting to see how they match up against some of the apac teams because like if spark and outlaws played you know, I think Outlaws are more consistent than Spark. But if, like, Outlaws and Dragons played, well, it's like, yeah, there's no question Dragons win that, right? So it's like, yeah, they're doing well, but obviously well within the perspective of as well as they can do given the teams above them. So Outlaws are doing good. You know, they're beating teams that they should, not going to currently, unlike last day, they're not going to map five typically against teams that they shouldn't. They're able to win these games. But, you know, but then we yeah. look at the other Texas team and... Why why did Fuel go to map 5 against New York? I'm going to need you to give me some insight. What what happened? Okay, the insight. Tinfoil hat back on. Okay, so the storyline of the year is what? It's London Spitfire's rise to glory, right? Okay, storyline of the oh, This applies, okay. this applies, yeah, okay. this applies. Okay, okay. So they were like, well... London Spitfire, they lose some games against good opponents early in the year, right? Mm-hmm. But we want them to only lose three games in the first split. And they were looking at it, and they were like, okay, they lost to the Outlaws, lost to the Glads, lost to the Shock. Well, they can't lose against the Fuel. We need to nerf Fuel. So the Fuel, uh, they're uh, being forced to play at high ping. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no. The, the the game is just uh being changed uh to uh be bad for them. I I don't know. But I think after this last week, I feel pretty good going into no, the next week. I do week. too. I think like, Spitfire might actually beat the fuel like they should beat the fuel, which is awesome. Well, and, it was, and uh it was interesting because it was just terrible. After last week's games of Fuel had, it was like, okay, fuel's looking a little better, they're looking like getting closer to what they should and then they come into this game and go to five against new york now granted you can attribute some of that to yaki and gangnam jin just going like sicko mode on circuit royal yeah. <laughs> like yaki yeah and that's the thing yaki like deadlifted circuit royal he had 24 out of 48 limbs on that genji yeah which is what he like i i feel like in that map we saw some of what 
New York should what be we doing. Were promised. Yeah, yeah, like that's the New York we should be seeing, and, and so I, I think, but but still, like after the season New York has had to go to map five against them feels bad, especially when coming into this season and coming you know out of the last tournament you were supposed to be you know a top two team a top three team and now going to map five against you know a bottom two team like it's not like yeah like new york definitely played way better than we expected them to but that's after they've been playing way worse than we expected them to so it's like a little weird but then dallas is just doing some weird stuff like they're putting like chio on zen like Flex supports on main support, like, okay, it's been working. But, like, main supports on flex support, like, you shouldn't be putting your yeah. Lucio player on Zenyatta. But, like, they have no other option. And then, like, they're running, like, Lucio Moira comps on control and stuff. Like, yeah, they won, but Lucio Moira is not going to work against like, Shock and Clats. It's just not. Yeah. Well, I feel like they're just having the same issue they were having a couple of weeks ago, where it's just they, they don't have a solid identity no, they right don't. now. And they, they don't know what to and, play. They have a terrible read on the meta. Well, and like they keep defaulting back to like Winston comps. Like, Fuel, this isn't week one of the kickoff clash. Like, when, like no, we're not. We're moving away from Winston comps. Stop it. And they weren't even playing Winston comp, comps when it was meta for the most part. No, they were part. running so Zarya like, comps. Yeah. And so it's like... And I feel like right now, the Zarya would probably look better than the Winston. Uh, there's a reason nobody's but playing Zarya. <laughs> but like, like but theoretically, like the Winston uh... comp like works if if your opponent is running double flex, is running like on a Zen, then the Winston works, which I think is why Fuel is running it. But the problem is, is like when the the enemy teams Ana and Zen are cracked, like when Gangnam Jin is the yeah. one playing the Zenyatta you're not going to be able to get as much value off the Winston because he's just going to kill you. You're going to get slept, naded, and just run over. And Fuel, I'm really worried about Fuel going into the... Like, they'll make the midseason madness. But That being said, my question... So if the reason that the New York game was so close was largely in due to the part that New York's uh, support line is cracked... Do you think there are better teams in the league with worse support lines that the Fuel would dominate over, well, would yeah. do better against? I mean, they dominated against Mayhem. Yeah, that's true. And like, well, and and, that, yeah, and, and that like, was largely why they won that game was because the Mayhem support line. And it's like, didn't it's like not that it's it. not that like Sermajed and Animo slash Rupal are bad. It's just the way that they play, and it's like I think the Fuel. Like, there are teams above them, like, I think, well, I mean, there aren't many teams above them, but teams around them, all the other teams around them have, like, really good support lines as well. It's like, I would, like, Fuel currently, I'd put them in the same category of, you know, London, Outlaws, Rain, but it's like, Rain have Ultraviolet and OG, Outlaws have Lastro and Iris, London have Landon and Admiral, Admiral. and then... And Backbone. And, and Bone Back. <laughs> Which which question with that? Do you think Boneback makes a return no, this next No, he week? shouldn't. Uh, depending on <laughs> he, shouldn't. he shouldn't. But I mean, against Chio Zen, he'd probably be an upgrade. So it's like the problem is, is that like the company that Fuel is in have um, like the weakest support line out of that middle tier is London, just because it's like yeah. Admiral Landon are good, but they're not OG Ultraviolet. They're not Lastro Iris yeah. when because Lastro Iris are both flex supports, so you can run double flex and Lastro is good on main support. But, like, London doesn't have that. They're having to sub in a DPS player to play flex with them. 
So that being said, I I do think I I think Landon's got some crazy potential. I I think yeah. he pops off pretty consistently, and he's a. Uh, I just I just worry about Fuel he's... playing against the other mid table teams because like yeah they they beat Mayhem but yeah. Mayhem are struggling but if Fuel literally played any of the three of Atlanta London or Outlaws right now I think they lose just because their comp doesn't work as well because New York is just kind of a fumbling pile of garbage sometimes oh. and if Yaki doesn't go Super Saiyan then they just flop on the ground or if they don't put do you know what I'm glad doesn't exist right now what would that be. A fuel justice game. <laughs> Who do you pred? No, no. So no one. I think fuel make the midseason madness, and like they'll be able to beat like Toronto. They'll be able to beat Mayhem, but like after that, I mean, they lose to probably all of the APAC teams. Maybe, like maybe, like all the ones that make the tournament. The ones yeah. that make the tournament, unless Fusion makes the tournament, in which case they could probably beat Fusion. But like they lose to. Seoul, they lose to Shanghai, they probably lose to Spark, and then an NA. Unless they get their stuff together. But it's like, they which aren't. Could happen. They aren't, though. They aren't getting their stuff together, and that worries yeah. me. They just, they're just kind of meandering around, trying to figure out what they want to do, and like their upcoming game against Spitfire is really going to be like, okay, which fuel are we seeing come into the midseason tournament? Because if they flop against Spitfire, like, oh no. Because Fuel yeah. could theoretically fall out of top four. If they lose yeah. to London, Wait, Outlaws jump them, London, and then I think London jumps them do. as well. Yeah, So because uh, both London and Houston and Dallas are all sitting at eight and three. But Dallas have... But Dallas has two points above, yeah. But Dallas has two points so, above London currently, right? Yeah, and Outlaws. Yeah, but the so Outlaws I think... have two games left. Oh, Outlaws do have two. So right. I think the Outlaws could jump the fuel, but I don't think London can, right? Because London will just be one point behind yeah. regardless. Which is kind of tragic. But but I feel like fuel being in fourth, it's like that means they're going to end up probably having to play the best of the remaining teams, which will probably be Atlanta or London. And I think fuel would lose yeah. to both of those. So fuel may just get boomed out of the midseason tournament. We'll have to see what this week looks like. But, you know, enough about... If you were a top four team and you had to choose between London and Atlanta, who would you go with? I think it depends on who you are. I mean, if you're Shocker Glads, you don't really care. If you're uh, but if you're, Houston if you're, or Fuel? If you're Houston or Fuel, I think both of... If I'm Houston, I take London, just because Atlanta plays the same way Houston does, whereas London doesn't. And Houston probably yeah. feels more confident in their matchup. But if you're Fuel, you probably feel better about london because they're running because main tank the, comps so you could yeah. you might be able to get away with the winston comps because if you played i think it's mainly it's like if you're looking at the back lines i would rather play up against admiral and landon than og and ultraviolet just like yeah dead honest ultraviolet is a monster like so i feel like fuel would probably prefer the london matchup but both would be bad for them but the outlaws would definitely prefer playing london than playing Atlanta just because they just played and it was close. But like Shock and Glads, they don't care. They'll beat everybody. Like, I don't think there's any. The only competition for Shock and Glads are each other. <laughs> so yeah, you know. probably. Uh, the last bit of NA stuff, just worth mentioning. Mayhem and Defiant clinch their spots in the midseason tournament, which means we have corrected everything is right in the universe. Justice are not in a tournament. Thank heavens. Hallelujah. If Justice like, had made to think that just like a few weeks ago. Like, 
Justice made it to a tournament and London didn't. And now London's like sitting in the top the four. Top four. Yeah, the standings. And if they had goodness. made the tournament, thank they... goodness Justice isn't in this tournament. Yeah. Thank goodness. But like Defiant and Mayhem make it, but like they're definitely clear cut the two, the worst two out of the eight. Like by a pretty large margin. I mean, because even Fuel beat up on beat the Mayhem up. Like if like yeah. when fuel is like when you look at fuel and you think that fuel are probably like fifth, and but like they'll still beat I mean sixth but they'll still beat seven and eight pretty handily. Like you look at mayhem and defiant, and you're like oh, shock and glads probably are most definitely picking those two because those are easy opponents. To, like when you have to go to map five against the current Parish Eternal, like defiant. Yeah. Like if Hisu doesn't carry that team kicking and screaming, defiant lose that match. And then Flora yeah. are still like trying, like uh, Sir Majed well, almost single-handedly thing, threw that map five against Boston. The tragic thing about Florida is, I feel like the two big storylines this year, at least in in my eyes, have been the um, success of London mm-hmm. over preseason preds and stuff, and then the the same thing with the mayhem, and and with the first. Tournament, the first tournament cycle. cycle those were like the the two big things and, and then now to see the mayhem and and it's like i feel like they aren't underperforming based off of what people thought coming into this season but they're underperforming from based what off we of saw. last tournament yeah and that's the really tragic I, thing. I and, and i feel like part of it is the other teams have kind of like well, adjusted a lot better and, I feel, and a lot quicker. I feel like Mayhem are suffering but... from a more extreme version of what Fuel are dealing with. Because Mayhem yeah. don't have the same quality of players as Fuel does, and they they just aren't... Someone is still trying to figure out what he wants to play exactly, and now they've put Exe in to play most of the time over Hydron. And mm-hmm. like, yeah, Sir Majed is a really cracked flex support, but oh my goodness, does he turn his brain off sometimes. Like he, they yeah. were playing like Lucio Moira stuff, and he was using fade to engage. It's like if you're using yeah, your I, disengage tool to engage, what are you gonna do when you start? Like he was getting picked so many times by the uprising, and I think Mayhem, Mayhem and Defiant are very clearly the weakest teams coming into the midseason madness. And if they're able to win a yeah. match, then that'll be surprising because they just look kind of flat, all things considered. Yeah. So. But NA is now, NA is set. It's just this last week is kind of proceeding who gets placed where. So, um, enough about North America. Let's talk a little bit about APAC. Uh, the Shanghai Dragons. Uh, course corrected a little bit. Thank heavens. Yeah. Thank heavens. They, we just got, we thought they, they are... were going to go down a similar path as the fuel, but they come but out they and they're looking pretty all right. Run over the fusion and the valiant. And, I they they've just they seem to they unlike last week where they weren't entirely sure what they wanted to do this week they seem to just commit to they just committed to fate to playing Winston ball comps mainly like ball but they did play a little bit of Winston and then keeping Lee Jae gone in rather than bringing in Bebe because I think Moon Moon said last week after the games that they they had like calling like issue with comms and stuff when Void and Bebe were in and I think that was like part of the part of like when Void is in and they were playing, it looked like they were missing a tank because <laughs> Void's just not the shot caller that Fate is. But then they put them in and they're firing on all cylinders. Fleta was getting d- double kill pulse bombs all over the place. 
Go Shanghai. Fixed in. Locked in. They fixed their issues. Yeah, thank heaven. But, and they're uh, guaranteed they're, in the They're locked in. And I th- it's always good having Shanghai in the tournament because, like, when you think back to these iterations of Shanghai, they don't. They never disappoint when it matters. Yeah. It's like if they get knocked out of a tournament, they get knocked out, like, fighting to the, to the last. Yeah. Like, yeah, they got knocked out of kickoff clash, but it was in a map five that they almost won against Seoul. Like, they don't get 3-0 stomped out in, like, rounds one and two. They take it the distance, and they force you to beat them. Like, just yeah. straight up, one-on-one, they force you think, to take them. You know, anytime they play Seoul, it's worth watching. Anytime they play Philadelphia, it's tragic, but it's worth <laughs> watching. It's tragic um, in one way. Uh, yeah. You kind of know how it's going to end, but it's worth watching because <laughs> it's, worth it's close. It's um, so funny. But but yeah, that's the thing is I feel like Shanghai they they no matter what happens, they'll, they'll show up. at least put up a fight and they'll show up and it'll be worth watching and their tournament team they, they show up in crunch time. Drive in the tournaments and they they don't always win, obviously, you know, like with the last tournament cycle, but they put up a fight and, and I think it'll be fun to watch. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited for them going in. I definitely think with these wins, they look back in shape and then looking at like the results of Philly and spark. I think Shanghai have been able to claim that number two spot in APAC again, because I mean, spark came out this week looking kind of, kind of flat and then Philly fell over. And then, you know, I want to talk about the Valiant a little bit. They kind of got slapped back down to earth this week, didn't they? Yeah, kinda, tragically. Kind of had a, a reality check. Because, yeah, you you beat Philly last week, and you beat the charge, and then you come in this week, and Chengdu and Shanghai just go, no, you still are not a very good team. Stay down there in the basement. Not like the, sh- not like the charge basement, you know, t- two floors above that yeah. one. But, yeah, no, Valiant, I'm sorry. You you are not you're not you're you are not, you're, you're not hot stuff right now. We I mean we did hype them up a little bit, but I did like Rainus. I was like, but also like let's calm it down. They did only beat Charge and went almost yeah. lost to Fusion. So like Valiant are and they're uh, they're knocked out of the yeah, tournament. Those their for losses sure, right? this week kicked them out. The only one that has the potential is Chengdu, right? Correct. Valiant, I think they're trending sideways. Like, they're not trending downwards because you can't go lower than charge. Yeah. But it's like, I don't... uh, Like, yeah, they'll be able to take occasional matches off of, like, Philly, it looks like. And maybe, like, if they get lucky against Hunters. But I think Valiant are destined for, like, a, a, what, a sixth-place finish in APAC? Because they just... Unless they get their stuff together. Because, like, they show moments. Like, Easy Han and Dia have moments in Marvel. We saw last week has moments. But, like, as a team, they're just... They're just not... The, the rest of APAC is just a cut above them for the most part. Yeah. Which is unfortunate. Sure. So, you know, just wanted to mention them slightly. But then, yeah, as you were talking about, Hunters are the last remaining team to challenge that final APAC spot. So it's between just Hunters and Fusion, which if we look at uh, the standings, let me get these pulled up real quick. Uh, if you look at the standings, Hunters are ahead in map differential. Yeah. So when we... As soon as my standings tab wants to load. Um, here we go. Nope, that's the match schedule. Standings. Oh, come on. 
which it's really weird to look at the standings and see a 5-5 team under a 4-6 team because of points. Yeah, because just simply because the 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 fusion made it to the finals of the midseason of the kickoff clash, they're above them. There we go. So like they're 5 and 5, 4 and 6, but hunters have a pretty clear map differential advantage. Like it's negative 3 to plus 2. But because the Fusion have that one extra point, they both have two games left. So in order for Hunters to make it, they have to win one more game than Fusion does. Hunters play Spark and Dragons. Fusion play Charge and Dynasty. So if the Hunters want to make it, they basically have to go 2-0 because there's no way the Fusion yeah. lose to Charge. Like as, as, as inconsistent as Fusion is, the Charge are just the Charge. Like that's like a guaranteed yeah. win. So if hunters want to make it, they have to beat the spark and the dragons. Now the spark game, I feel like they is winnable for them, especially after how spark looked this week. But that dragons match, after Could dragons have now tough. leveled up, I don't, I I don't see them winning that. So like if yeah. if hunters want to realistically make it, they have to be charge fans this week. Which I'm so sorry. If you put your your hopes and dreams in the charge, it's like putting your hopes and dreams in the justice. Except, said I don't think the Shanghai game is lost yet because no, uh, like it's not. But I mean, the, I think the dragons like who knows back up which. Week. Yeah, but because I don't even when teams level up, they're, they they there's no, still that I, hint of potential. But I feel failure. like with the dragons, it's like once you see the dragons level up, they stay leveled up. Unlike the few, unlike how the fuel have done, where it's like, oh, okay, the fuel are coming back, and then they go to five against New York. I feel like the dragons are like. When they have issues, they fix their issues quick, and then they're they're not issues anymore. And like the hunters have been winning because they've been able to put Jinmu on the Genji and put him on the Sombra, and then like they've made his tracer look serviceable. I don't know if the dragons let them play Genji, or at least if they do, then they just beat them in the dive mirror. Yeah. So I as like yeah, Leave is a is a monster. Like Leave may be a freak, but I mean Fleta and Lip are also freaks. And I like it'll be a close game, but I think Dragons probably edge that one out. Like I don't, I didn't put that one on our preds this week, mm -hmm. but I, I it's like if hunt if hunters can beat Dragons, well then they should be in because I feel like you can trust Dynasty to just dismantle Philadelphia pretty easily. So mm -hmm. like those are the four games to watch because I would like to see Hunters in over Fusion because Fusion are just a mess. And hunters have just looked more consistent so far. So, uh, you know, I don't really know what to expect from that. It's just hunters have an uphill battle because they have to play the dragons. They have to either just hope the charge show up and take down Philly, which would be the most Philly thing to do would be to lose against charge. The most Philly thing to do would be them beat dynasty, lose charge. Yeah. So, which could happen. I, I could see it. So. That's just one one spot up for grabs. Come down to the four matches, but you know whatever. Let's move to power rankings. Let's do some some funnel funnel power rankings. All right, let's start with NA. So I think after actually let's start with APAC. I feel like APAC might be a little easier. So I think Shanghai jump Hunters and Spark after the performances this week. Yeah, second place in APAC. Um, with a tier yeah. with a tier break though between them and Dynasty. I think Dynasty are a tier above the rest of APAC. Yeah. Yeah, but then it's like, are I think hunters are better than Spark after how Spark looked this week 
Like, is that is that a hot take? I feel like that's. I feel like one week's too quick to move. Well, no, because I mean, when you think of their wins, Sparks wins last week. It was over dragons who were struggling, who have now fixed themselves, and then they beat the charge. Whereas Shanghai this week came out and ran over Valiant and Fusion. Whereas Spark literally just lost to Fusion. Wait, are you saying Shanghai over Spark or or Chengdu over Spark is what I'm saying. Like, I Spark look like they're trending downwards, whereas Chengdu look like they're pretty stable and are... Because, I mean, I I, I just don't... Because, I mean, Chengdu took Soul to 5. Yeah. And Spark didn't. But I, I think Spark had one bad week, but if you look at their regular but I don't, season, but I don't they've feel like, been one of the most consistent teams. But I don't feel like Hunters have had a bad week this stage. And took the best yeah. team, arguably the best team in the world, to five. Yeah. I would, t- I would trust Hunters over Spark, but it sounds like you're trending in the other direction. I would say yes. Uh, I, I get what you're saying, and it makes sense. But that being said, if you look at, like... I think if they played today... Well, they play this week. It'd be a close game. And I think Chengdu wins it. But You still think Spark are the better team? But I think Spark are the okay. better team right Hunters now. Hunters are uh, definitely uh, above Fusion, though, right? After this week, they'll definitely... Yeah, and yeah, then Fusion Valiant, and then... Uh, and then Valiant, and, and then... Three-tier Bricks that and That other charge. team. Three-tier Bricks? Yeah, that other team. Whatever, whatever <laughs> that team three is. Three-tier Bricks and the Guangzhou Charge. That being said, if you want it just have an idea of how bad the titans are doing this year the map differential so they've so titans and charge have played almost the same amount of games uh-huh. um titans have one more game than the charge okay the charge uh are at a negative 21 map differential uh-huh vancouver is at negative 28 yeah but vancouver is definitely trending upwards right now charge is never going to trend upwards I mean, but but still, like that just shows like Vancouver's had a rough year. Like, yeah, but the next closest team has seven more map wins. maps than. My goodness! All right, NA. What's this confusing mess? Okay, so Shot Glad's tier break. I Shot Glad's clear one too, and I don't yeah. think anyone comes close to him. So now we've yeah. got this middle tier. So I think Fuel. I think we talked. Fuel goes below Outlaws and Spitfire. I think is what we kind of came to the conclusion of after how they've looked. Outlaws, Spitfire, beat them, right? Yeah. But then it's where do we think the Rain are? Because it's like, as I said, it's like if Rain and Outlaws played a bunch, I think Rain win majority of those games, but Outlaws literally just beat them. And yeah, I, I, I like it's, I think Outlaws, Rain, and Spitfire are all kind of like equally matched. And like, I can't put Spitfire above Outlaws because they haven't played recently. And I feel like their play styles are just so different. But it's like, where yeah. do we put Rain against these three? I feel like Rain has to go under them. And the reason why is is if you look at just like how inconsistent Atlanta is in regular season, they mm-hmm. they're only they're six and five. Yeah. They barely have a positive win rate. They they aren't a top team right now. And yeah, they look good in the tournament for a while and, and they have moments where they shine. 
But if you look at just overall, they just aren't as consistent. And if you look at Spitfire and Outlaws, who have both beat the rain, you know, in regular season. Yeah, Spitfire and Outlaws literally only, like, yeah, outside of the Outlaws one stage one blip against Toronto in week one, the Outlaws just lose to Shocking Glads. And London currently look like they would only lose to Outlaws, Glads, and Shock look like it yeah so i yeah okay i I, I, but rain definitely are better than fuel now after mayhem's performance i don't think mayhem deserve to be in this middle tier anymore (laughs) no they drop down i drop them down um so i almost feel like so so now we have this weird bottom gap so mayhem toronto uprising like defiant went to five against paris i would like do you do we think boston would go above toronto even though Toronto qualified for the tournament, Toronto had to take five for Paris. And like, yeah. But do you think Mayhem is above Defiant still? I would take. I would pick Mayhem if they played. Like, I think Mayhem and Mayhem and Uprising are, I guess, equally matched as we just saw. It's like, do we think Defiant are equally matched? If Defiant and Uprising played, who would you take? I've. I think I'd still take Defiant. You'd still take Defiant? So, like, would you take Defiant over Mayhem? I think I'd take De- Defiant over Mayhem right now. Not because Defiant's looking all that hot or anything, but... I feel like Defiant have Hisu, who's been popping off recently, whereas Mayhem don't yeah, really and, have Yeah, and Mayhem anybody. has nothing. They They have people that have been consistently throwing, but... No one that's been consistently Fair carrying. enough. Okay, so Defiant Mayhem and then Up... So Uprising definitely still goes above Justice, I think. Right? Like... Yeah. Justice are just kind of an enigma. That... I... I yeah. So, but then we have... To, do Titans stay below Justice? I think they do, just for right now, until proven otherwise. Yeah. Um, yeah. They... I think New York, though, gets to graduate from last place, though. After their performance, I would take New York over Paris. Yeah, man, that's a dangerous game. If New York, I New mean, York, they played. They already, what's funny is they already played and Paris won. Yeah. But if they played again, New York would win this one. This week, but next week. Like, I, I've just, I feel like New York is. New York and Paris the are same thing is justice for me, but even worse because I feel like New York on paper looks so good. No, but see, the New and, York has zero upset that. potential though. They'll play a game close, but they have zero up potential. Yeah. Whereas Justice should have zero upset potential, but then suddenly they just do. They, so yeah. you know, but but yeah, so so New York, I feel like yeah, they should beat Paris, but if they Currently, played, I think it would be every single game yeah like, but i think paris are still dead last both teams would find a way to throw it <laughs> <laughs> so we've got so our top eight in the power rankings are the top eight currently in in the league so that's good yeah but Which i feel I, I, think I, makes I, sense. I feel like there's definitely like the gap between this middle group and defiant mayhem is quite large yeah like is quite yeah. large and if either team like takes a game off of anyone else in the tournament that isn't against the other one i'll be shocked yeah i i i hope that those two don't play for a an elimination game in the bottom bracket because that would just that would be so tragic because like Defi- yeah. like define it mayhem would lose against all of the apac teams that would qualify too like they are yeah. clear cut the worst two teams in this tournament whereas like this middle tier like outlaws spitfire rain and fuel i think could take it to spark hunters and fusion and even like it 
I feel like Shanghai still beats them pretty clearly, though. Like, I feel like the top four teams and the two, the top two teams in both regions clear the rest of their teams. Mm-hmm. So, I, I, you know, it's going to be a, a battle of the middle tiers. Like, Shot Glads, Dynasty, and Dragons are the favorites going into these tournaments. But Outlaws, Spitfire, Rain, Fuel, Spark might have some upset potential against the other region. Yeah, and and we have no idea how the regions are going to match up. No, we do know? not. And, and it's always hard to to tell going into it. Um, but you know, so I, I yeah, so it'll be interesting. So power rankings sit as I don't know why I changed off the screen as shot glads clear one two tear break outlaws spitfire rain fuel tear break defiant mayhem uprising justice titans excel Paris. That is a massive. That is a massive doormat tier in NA. Yeah, it's so it's, large, it's tragic, and I, I'm, I'm at one point we thought that there was like a clear middle and then a, th- a clear a, bottom, but I mean there is a clear middle still. I mean, yeah, but but the so many teams from the middle have moved down into the bottom. Well, yeah, because we thought Defiant Mayhem and Justice were all in the middle at one point. Yeah, which they were like. They were legitimately like middle of the pack teams. They they looked pretty solid in some ways. But now it's kind now, of just sadness. And I think part of it is also the the floor has risen a little bit. Like the bottom teams aren't as low. Like they aren't as far beneath. Well, it's also more so the middle tier is kind of running away with it as well. So that as well, yeah. And then NA we have Soul Dynasty clear number one with the tier break, and then Shanghai Spark Hunters Fusion Valiant. I feel like you could make an argument to put a tier break between Spark and Dragons, but I feel like I need another week to like say that there can be a tier break there. Yeah. Uh, so currently those five teams are set, and then three tier breaks and charge. <laughs> yep. <laughs> the charge are just perpetually gonna. They have no hope. If they were in, if if the charge were an NA. They would have some hope of beating on the bottom teams, but when you are the only bottom team, it's just kind of unfortunate. So sorry. Yeah, I think the charge could put up a fight against. Like if charge played Titans, that'd be a good game. If Justice played char- charge, that'd be a good game. Uprising played charge. Yeah, good I think game. Justice would find a way to lose it. Hundred percent. I, I think Uprising, it would be close. I I think, in my mind, the charge and the Uprising are kind of at the same level. Actually, yeah, I, I agree with like, that as well. Which... I would. Pr- probably put them right in that same I spot. I would put them with Toronto Mayhem and Boston. I think Charge are in that yeah. upper lower tier of NA. Uh so, you know, enough of enough of power rankings. Let's do some predictions. We got 5 matches to pred. We're going for a, a large number of matches and thank you to the Dragons and um the Hunters for getting me a two match lead in the preds now. Thank you. I went four. I, I went. Pack. I went four and one last week. The only loss being Spark to Fusion, because we both predded Spark, and then Fusion decided they wanted to win. But then yeah. Soul Dynasty punched all over the Spark. Whereas you then, when when Spark lost to Fusion, I was like, oh yeah, my Dynasty preds looking nice. You went. Yeah. You went two and three this week. Your two correct preds, obviously coming from NA predding. Um, yeah. Spitfire and who's the other one? Uh, uh, I can't even remember what the last Spitfire and somebody. Wait, no, Spitfire Fuel was the only NA game we predated. Uh, oh right, because we both predated Hunters over Valiant. Yeah, that's so right. So I'm now sitting at a seventy-one percent 
correct pick rate, 35 and 14, whereas you are at 67, so 33 and 16. But this week we've got five matches, so there's some there's some ground to gain because there's some close matches this week. I think they'll all be three zeros. Oh, that's a take. GG easy. All right, so cake. we're going to start with Hunters versus Spark because we were just having this discussion for the power rankings. Hunters and Spark are playing this week, and Hunters must win. If Hunters want to make it in the tournament, this is basically a must-win situation. And I am predding Hunters because I think they're looking better right now. And you? Yeah, I think I'm going Hunters. Hunters as well. I like Spark yeah, have been I, I, more consistent, but currently I think they're on a downward trend. Yeah, and and it's an important game for the Hunters. It's less important for the Shark. Yeah. Shock. The, the, uh, for the Spark. Yeah, because the Spark Sorry. already locked in. So I... We both agree yeah. here, and I think if Hunters beat Spark, then they kind of get themselves as that the third best team in APAC, which would be so tragic if they don't make the midseason madness. If they're like, oh yeah, third best team in APAC, and they don't make it, oh uh, yeah, huh? It'd be like it would literally be the equivalent of Spitfire Justice last stage. So you know, whatever. Uh, the next game, I put this one on here because this one just screams like sadness in the making. Outlaws Uprising. Just, I look at this game and I'd be like, Outlaws should win this 100% of the time. But the Outlaws have a history of losing just random one-off games. It seems worse than them. And it's usually always the Uprising. Yeah. I would love for the Uprising to win. Um, I would because I am always spreading the Outlaws in this circuit. But I'm going to pred the Outlaws for it. Yeah. I so Outlaws this week play NYXL in Boston. Coming into last week, you would look at those games and be like, yeah, easy wins. But then you come out of this week and you're like, okay, NYXL took Fuel to five. And Uprising took Mayhem to five. And Outlaws have a history of sometimes beefing it. But this season, yeah. they've actually been fairly good at not beefing it. Because, yeah, like, the one, like they lost to Toronto, but that was week one, and it was just kind of weird. So it's like those kind of losses in week one of the beginning of the season, you kind of like write off as just one-offs. But, like, yeah, they almost lost to Paris, but they beat Paris. Yeah, they almost lost to Justice, but they did beat Justice. So it's like, I feel like even if the Outlaws find a way to make it close, they'll still win. Like, this season, they have so far proven that they can act, they can win those close games, which is such a relief compared to the previous four seasons because they could never do that in the past. So I'm hoping the Outlaws can, can keep with it. All right, now our favorite game of the week, Spitfire Fuel. GG Easy. Piece of cake. We're both on the Spitfire train. I was debating before the Fuel played Excel. I was debating predding Fuel, but then they played New York, and I was like, nope, there's no way. There's no actually. There's no way Fuel. There's no way. Like London should beat Fuel. Should compared to how they look, Fuel just look lost. I don't even know what Fuel would play that would be able to take down London right now because. Well, one of the nice things about London is they have a lot of variety in their comps. So it's like they can pull out the Sigma, they can pull out the Ryan, they can pull out the Winston when needed. They just can't and, play and Doomfist. So like, they just can't play Doomfist, but, which know, I don't think necessary. is going to be a problem against the Fuel. No. And, and so I think, yeah, I, I, I think that match, London has the upper and hand as, in pretty much as, any map. As an Outlaws fan, I'm pushing for that because if the Spitfire beat the field, the Outlaws jump into third place. So we actually get to pick an opponent in the midseason madness instead of being left with the scraps, which will most likely be London or Rain. And I don't want to play London or Rain. <laughs> I want to be able to pick between London and Rain. Uh, all right. Spark Valiant. I don't know why I put this one on here because I feel like this is pretty clearly a Spark win. Like, even though Spark are turning downwards. 
Valiant are not. Yeah, I I think there's a world where Valiant wins, but I don't. You have to put the spark here. I I don't think there's. I mean, they got slammed this week. It's like we think that Hunters and Spark are close, and Hunter slammed them, so Spark should equally slam them. Maybe lose a map, yeah. maybe. But yeah, it's cool. But with APAC, I've learned yeah, with you APAC, can't, you can't ever, trust like, APAC. Yeah, except charge. Charge are the, the beautiful, consistent, guarantee easy preds. Easy preds. All right. Now the final game of the week, which is probably, which is interesting because if you would look, if you would have looked at this game three weeks ago, you would have looked at it and be like, this game is gonna suck. But now, after this last week of matches. Uprising. It's also gonna suck. Uprising Excelsior looks a little closer than we would have thought it would have been. I think Uprising still take it. And do you also? Yeah. But I think, and you also think that. But I think that it could actually be a little closer than it would have been like two weeks ago, because New York has actually finally, for once, shown that they can play Overwatch. But I feel like they're gonna forget. Yeah. They're yeah. they're gonna and, forget. And I feel like. It, they they just aren't consistent in any way, and so it's like you can't you can't put your money on it. You you can't count on them. And the uprising are showing you know some real potential still. Correct. So, so those are the match. So wait, we agreed on every game, didn't we? Oh, I think we did. Oh well, all right. Well then, that's not going to change oh. a whole lot. We have one unofficial though, one unofficial pred that we hyped up last week that I. Couldn't get myself to put on the official docket for the sake of my preds and maybe for the sake of your preds, and that's Justice Titans. Put it on the docket. I don't want to. <laughs> As the only one that we'll disagree on. I I just don't I don't man I don't I I'll have a one okay fine we'll we'll put this as an official match. I said it and I will stand by it. I am never putting the justice again. Let's go Vancouver. Go Justice. No. Let's go, Vancouver. You're predding Justice? Yeah, I'm predding Justice. Come on, Vancouver. I believe in you. Like Vancouver and their negative 28 map map differential. I it's just I what's funnier is that if Justice lose this match, it'll mean more for it'll it'll hurt Justice more than it'll help Titans, I feel like. Like if Justice lose this match, it will be the most justice thing to ever happen. To lose to the winless team. I I just can't I don't I don't see like it'll be a close game, I think, because Justice just that's just how they operate. Yeah. Because it's like Aspire and Shot like Justice basically Deepay has come in and just basically had Titans just play the comfort picks. Put Aspire yeah, on the Tracer, put Shockwave on the Hitscan and on the Echo, put Aztec on the Zen, you know, put Skyripa on the Ana, and that's their best look. And then the Mirror Doomfist has looked good. I don't really... Justice, on the other hand, are just a fumbling pile of shenanigans. I got... I said, yeah, the Justice, it's like, I feel like the Justice's biggest weakness isn't their players, it's it's just... Their coaching staff? The... the and I don't know if it's necessarily the coaches no, themselves but they make, they or if make it's the players' decisions. Like but, all of the, a lot of the justices' like, recent losses have been because of player rotation or because of comp decisions. Yeah, but what if those are player decisions within it? Because like we don't know how much control 
they give the players themselves. Because a lot of times, like, it's easy to blame the coaching staff, even when we, yeah, we have when no idea how much it is. when it player substitutions, those are coaching changes. And when you sub out Decay when he starts heating up, or when you sub out Happy when he was rolling all match, like, what is Supreme doing? But what, is, what if the players are asking for? There's what if they're no like, way Happy I is asking out. to be benched for map five. There's no way that Decay is asking to be benched after he popped off on a map. There's no way. Like, it's one thing if Decay's not fielded all game. That could be a Decay decision. But if he pops off in map four, there's no way that he asks to be subbed out. That's the coaches being like, our game plan is to play Rush. We're subbing out Decay and putting in Assassin. I, I, yeah. I just, I, I, I don't, I just, and I can't pred the justice. Yes, I will say the justice should win this game, but I refuse to pred them. I will happily take, I will take the, the pred, like, prediction record. I will take a loss for this one if, if justice win. I will take a loss because I, and I just don't, I don't like this team. The wonderful thing about it is the Titans could win. Exactly, and that's why I, I have stuff, belief, I have faith. The, they shouldn't win, but they could. I don't think they will, but they could. Stop it. All right. And play of the week. Oh, yes. Yeah. So I was we, we were avoiding talking about this when we actually talked about the match, but I mean, come on. This, this, this C9. Oh, my goodness. Atlanta. My goodness. I, I was, I was like, oh, it's over. Game's over. And then they kept holding. And then last year got nano boosted. And then Hawk falls into the well after punching Pelican. And then and then next thing you know, map's over. <laughs> mm -hmm. Like, when you look at this, like, Custa did a video where he was doing the replay viewer from the top down. It's like, at the moment that the Outlaws win it, when Nero goes up, like, Venom is pressuring Iris, so he's not on point. And then OG and Ultraviolet are being pressured by Pelican. Well, more specifically, OG. So OG is on the BAP in like the back right corner of the well near that mega health pack and ultraviolet goes to peel for og but instead of going across the point to peel for og he goes back around through the health pack at the back and so he's not on point either because he was afraid of merit's damage mm -hmm. and then obviously hawk just decided to it's unlucky what happened to hawk like because he punches yeah. pelican across the well and then loses momentum and drops in like the outlaws shouldn't i mean because when you hear the the broadcast like jaws like he sees the 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 boostio it's like oh but the boostio it's it doesn't mean anything it's not going to be enough and then suddenly it is enough because venom fell into the pit because he panic blinked backwards it was just like a series it's just so unfortunate it was just bad thing after actually, bad thing it's like every player, actually like, a series it was actually a series of unfortunate events because like I like this C9. I would not categorize this C9 as an egregious one because it wasn't like Atlanta's stupid, like, was, a, was an act of stupidity and they walked off point. No, like, the back line was being pressured. Hawk got unlucky. Nero was like, he ulted because he was, he was in the field and he thought he'd have time. And Venom was pressuring the back. Like, it was just a bunch of things that culminated in a C9. It wasn't like yeah. the Outlaws C9s where they, like, well, even those weren't egregious. They just kind of stepped off. But it wasn't like, you know, when you think of egregious C9s, you think of like the Youngjin C9 or like the Zephyr C9, where it's like they're the only one on point and they just walk off. 
But like this is definitely one of the more so one of the most heartbreaking C9s. Like this goes up there with like the San Francisco Shock Atlanta game from 2019 with Moth and his like reaction. But it was because I was watching a vast, you know, companion stream and he was he was going, he was like, here it is. We're witnessing the outlaws collapse in the game five, the classic outlaws, and then Rain do this and he he lost it. He actually just lost it. <laughs> And I lost it in a good way, of course, yeah. but it was, and like, uh, do I feel for the rain as an Atlas fan? No. <laughs> going to be honest. I feel like the rain are comfortable in their spot as the villain of the league. Yeah, that's the thing. I think rain at this point are now the villain. Like salt, and... like pretty like uncontested as well. Like there's no other yeah. team in the league because like the justice aren't a villain because everyone just hates them not because they're like yeah. the villain but because we just hate them but because they're inconsistent we just, and... we just don't like them because they're, yeah. they're them so you know i i but like if i wasn't an outlaws fan then i would be like that's just unfortunate for the rain but as an outlaws fan suck it now you know what the c9s feel like but as a, this is not a topic but just as a final topic to talk about We've had more C9s in the last two weeks than it feels like we've ever had in that same oh, yeah. like same stretch of time anywhere in the last four and a half seasons. Yeah, I wonder if part of it is because it's 5v5 and it's harder to juggle. Yeah, so that's what uh, that's what I've heard. Like, Custa, I think, talked about it, so did Avast. It's like, seems to be a common... It's like, when you have one less tank, because usually you just put, like, the D.Va on the payload, and then you kind of go around, and the D.Va's the anchor point. But then you take away the D.Va, and now everybody has to touch it, so it's like, the backline has to touch it, but if they're getting, like, po if they're getting jumped on, they have to back out, but then if you only have one tank to peel, it's kind of out there. But I also feel like... I don't know if this is genuinely a thing, but for some reason, I feel like the contest radius for payload is smaller. I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if it is. Because, but... like, there was a match earlier this I don't know if it was this week, but it was, like, on Gibraltar. And there was the, – the defense had, like, a player that was, you know, on first point. They were standing up against the hangar doors. And, like, I'm pretty sure up against the hangar doors, you should be able to contest it right before it caps. Yeah, I think so. But in that match, that was not the case. And I was like, wait a second, that they weren't on it. And there have been several other instances where a team isn't on the payload, but like you look at that and you're like, wait, they weren't on the payload? Huh? But mm -hmm. like it doesn't like, you know, for this match on King of the Hill, it's like, oh, it's King of the Hill. That there's a there's a clearly defined contest radius. But I feel like for payload maps, I I feel like there have been a lot of moments where they aren't on it when you're like they that huh? They aren't on the payload? Yeah. But then on yeah. per push, I feel like the contest radius for the push bot is massive. Yeah, definitely. I feel like with the payload thing, I, I think I can't remember what map it was or whatever, but I feel like at some point there was a there was a recon recontest by um by the outlaws that I was like, he is touching the point and, and it ended the match. Yeah, there there's just been some weird ones, but we've had so many. I mean, the Glads Justice game had three of them in one map. Yeah. They did it three times on Midtown and Spitfire did it out, you know, Atlanta did it. There have been so many in the last two weeks. Outlaws did two last week. Uh, the Hunters did one last week. Like, there have just been so many C9s that I, it's quite appalling 
I, mm-hmm. I, it's just there, there's, it's like, uh, there's almost one per match. It's almost scripted. Yeah. You're like, all right, where, where's going to be the C9? And some of them like don't matter, but like some like this rain one, it's like, that was match losing. And now the rain basically yeah. lose their top four seating. Yeah. So because of that, it's just unfortunate, but, uh, that's all we've got to talk about for this week. Uh, that's all of the matches. Um, you, you haven't, uh, who who is our sponsor this week? Yeah. Oh. To close it out. Which it was funny because beforehand you said I even like something along the lines of uh just randomly pulling it out of a hat. Pulling it out of a hat. Wait, where's the sponsor? Uh oh. The sponsored item. Oh no. <laughs> Hold, pause, wait. Pause. One minute. Uh I was playing with it and I lost it. Oh well. I mean I wait wait for it wait for it wait for it uh I uh can't find the one I I was going to do that's okay I'll use next week's sponsor for today's <laughs> yeah, video laid out all right what do we got Yeah so uh have you ever been like man I'm kind of tired and I'm sitting next to a wall and oh man my head is sore well do I have the thing for you a pillow It is the headband pillow you just clip it and there you are headband pillow guys Whoa, wait <laughs> it just is that is that what it's actually supposed to be used for yeah yeah definitely wait a minute <laughs> no it's the pillar pillar <laughs> it's a pillow from a from my my chair oh my, the gaming my chair. chair that doesn't fit in my desk okay yeah because i was like that looks like a headrest on a gaming chair or something the, the gaming chair head yeah which by the way like obviously i'm not sitting in a fancy gamer chair right Neither now am I. the tragic thing i own one i have one it's in the other room but it doesn't fit on my desk unless you get a better like, desk behind my desk well, I don't have a desk. That's the issue. Oh. Right now, I'm running off of a card table. Yeah, card table. Let's go. Woo, woo, woo. Yeah. So I have a big card table set up next to my bed, and it's not like it's too like deep uh-huh. for me to be able to fit a chair behind it. Interesting. Between me and the wall. Well, all right then. And so it's tragic. Well, and on that. But anyway, you yourselves a uh, head pillow. Yeah, head pillow. And on that note, we'll 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 call it there. I hope you all enjoyed this week. Enjoy this last week of games, which don't have too much bearing on qualification, but seating-wise. And, you know, let's hope the justice just fall flat on their face for the sake of my Preds and not for Bud's Preds. We'll see you all next week.